Welcome to Women Winning Divorce with your host, Heather Quick. Heather brings over 20 years of law experience that advocates and empowers women to achieve happier and healthier lives. Each week, we provide knowledge and guidance on different aspects of family law to help lead women through the difficult and emotional legal challenges that they are facing. Listen in as she discusses issues including divorce, custody, alimony, paternity, narcissism, mediation, and other family law issues to provide insight on the journey of women winning divorce. Welcome to the show. I'm Julie Morgan, and I'm joined by your host, Heather Quick. Hi, Heather. How are you? I'm doing great, Julie. How are you today? I'm doing very well. You know, we're continuing on this same topic that we have for the past couple of weeks because we need to. Narcissism. Yeah. Being married to a narcissist. You know, after we've talked about all of this and talked about, you know, some of the experiences that people have when they're dealing with narcissists, I can only imagine that it leaves people with just some scars emotionally, mentally, possibly physically. I mean, all around, really. Oh, absolutely. Because this is a psychological disorder. You know, this is not, you know, just. Heather's the divorce attorney, like, you know, we're calling everyone a narcissist. And I understand there's a lot of traits and, you know, just as we were talking prior to starting the show, it's like an iceberg. Like it's, there's a lot underneath. There is a lot. There are some things maybe we recognize in other people, but this is a serious disorder and has such an extreme effect that yes, if you're in a relationship and recovering from a relationship with this, that's what you need to do. Recover, heal yourself, understand that you were in an extremely toxic, dysfunctional relationship. And those scars and that relationship, the things that you've been through, deserve time to be healed and to give yourself that opportunity to really Again, understand, you know, hey, we're never going to understand why somebody would treat you like this. So to me, that's a lot of lost energy. Just like, well, I'd rather control them. Like we can't control other people. That's the thing. Nurses think they can. And so because we can't, they have to use all these deceptive maneuvers. But you can control how you show up and how you respond and how, I mean, hey, if you've been in this and been through it, at least learn something from it about yourself to help yourself, your friends, your family moving forward. Yeah, because it's so, it's confusing. We talked about the uh, isolation. It's just a toxic environment. So understanding how you got there is is really important. I think so. You know, I think it it could be hard. You, You may... Learn some things about yourself that you're like, ooh, I don't like that. I don't like that about myself. That's okay. We all have that. It's more really understanding that if you have been in this kind of relationship or you are in this kind of relationship, it didn't happen overnight getting in it. And it's going to take, you know, some time to get out of it and to heal from it and, and giving yourself some grace and recognizing that it's really important to you know, heal yourself and understand because um, it's going to leave you with serious emotional scars. Hmm. So when we think about the wife of a narcissist, 
does she feel like an equal in the marriage? Usually not. I mean, because the narcissist has this need to have all of the attention, all of the praise to be the end all be all. So you kind of feel like, you know, what's my place? You know, do I have value again? No, they want you to not feel that way. So you may feel very, you know, unimportant, somewhat invisible, um, certainly unheard. You know, you're not really in a position of power in the relationship. And, you know, that's really a good example because it's like, okay, well, if we're in a relationship um, and married, that's supposed to be a togetherness. And we're, you know, there shouldn't be one has power over another, but it's so toxic that, yes, you feel pretty unimportant and powerless in a lot of ways. Because you know, they like the sound of their own voice. So they they don't want your input on anything. No, and they're not interested in your feelings because then that means your feelings will be important over there. So like, you know, if you're, you know, I can think of an example where if you're feeling some way and you try to share that, they're going to make that your fault and negative for them. It's, it's like I said, it's so dysfunctional and, not not normal but when you're in it you're just so in it 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 makes it very difficult to see another side so you feel like you have no value correct unless they want you to feel value you know but basically that's then because they're getting because they're getting something out of that and it's also it seems like a very unsafe place if that makes sense. Absolutely, because there's not a sense of value, importance, and you're kind of, you don't even feel equal in the relationships. That makes you feel uneasy. And maybe then creates then this desire to please, because then that makes you feel safe. If he's happy, I feel better. So- And that's- Go ahead. No, go ahead, no, please. Mm -hmm. But, but that's that just that whole manipulation and that we talked about before in control. Because now your behavior is really linked to what, how he's going to treat you. And that's really feeding this. It's constantly feeding this. Oh, yes. Yes. It's just a constant pressure to say the right thing, do the right thing, have things just the way he wants it. But then it does, if he decides to come in and be, you know, whatever, angry or not even speak to you, think about how crazy that would be. Like the house is perfectly clean. I'm all ready and dressed, you know, it's like, think about if this would be an example, like, you know, you've had, you've been at home or whatever and gone and worked out. He gets home from work and then be like, well, really, I've been working hard all day and I come home and you're not even showered and dressed and like, you're going to look this all day. I mean, it might you feel pretty bad when you're like, well, I worked out and being healthy. And then what about dinner? You know, you're not going to cook anything. You feel very unsafe and unsecure. You're like, wow. Okay. Now what do I have to do? I have to try to jump through all these hoops. Then you could come, he could come home and you're, you know, all done up and the way you think he wants you, what he said the day before dinner's ready, whatever. And, and then he's like, yeah, I'm not hungry. 
and not even flatter you. So now you're really in a tailspin. So you clearly would feel very insecure. I mean, most people would, because this is like on and on and on. Or he may say, you look like a slob today. I'm like, I just worked out. What do you mean? You know, like, like yesterday, I'm, I'm trying to, wow. Right. So it's this, not only, you know, it's this intense pressure to keep him happy and meet his expectations, but they're not realistic expectations because it's this perfect scenario, but he's always changing it because he wants to be in charge of the rules. So it's not the same. You know, like you're saying, like, if he's like, well, you should work out more, so you work out. And he's like, well, why didn't you, you know, make yourself look better? Where's dinner? You know, things like that. So there's never, it keeps you really like on eggshells. You don't know. Is this right? Is that right? Because even if he tells you one way or another, um, you know, you said you wanted dinner tonight. He's like, I didn't say that. I told you we were going out. You know, again, that's that whole gaslighting, like totally, you just don't really know. It's a tailspin. So, okay, based on all of that, I'm depressed, I'm confused, <laughs> like seriously, you know what I mean? I'm depressed, I'm confused, my self-esteem is just low. You're giving me anxiety because you're going back and forth. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you're, so when you feel all those things, it's very even hard for you to make a decision or to see clearly as to how toxic this is because the nature of being in this kind of relationship, you're thinking this is all your fault. So you can't clearly see that he is creating so much of this. And I can only stop feeling this way or only like, you know, break this pattern by getting out. But it's hard to see that. It takes time. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And you really need someone's help probably to see it, which goes back to the isolation. He's isolated you. So you don't have anyone around. And so you may not have the help you need. Correct. Correct. Or that you don't, you don't have that support group that because you've become more isolated in, in probably somewhere along the way they've said something about him. He's made you believe they don't like him. So you're not going to share that you feel this way. And, and that is, you know, by design that as part of that manipulation, isolation, you know, because, and part of he's like, you know, they're going to tell me, I told you so. And they were right. But now what are they going to do? Like what, how, or what are they going to say? And if I, what if I don't leave? So if I tell them this and then, you know, you just feel so alone. Mm. And you've probably um, gotten rid of all the things that you like to do, you know? Yes. Mm -hmm. mm. Now everything is about what he likes to do or what he thinks I should do. Which again, goes back to the isolation. Yep. Hmm. So, the wife, she eventually becomes a totally different person because with all of this mental and emotional abuse, you really can't help it. Correct. You, this, 
person, you know, you were probably very different when you were dating him before you got married. And over time, you now, once strong and confident woman, you know, you're anxious, you feel weak, you feel powerless, you don't even know really who you were back then. You probably don't even recognize yourself or you can't even recognize who you used to be. You're like, I just... I, I don't even, I'm not even that person anymore. I don't look at myself that way. I don't look at anything that way. I feel so down, so depressed, confused, you know, all of those things really that make it very difficult for you to take action because you're not thinking in the way that you used to, you, you know, your life has been so turned upside down. You feel so dependent so dependent and so unsure of yourself by design that even the thought of leaving, you're like, but where's that thought coming from? Is that even right? You know, because you just doubt yourself constantly. You probably can't even formulate that thought. No, it, it really, many times in order to even you know, to begin to see that or have the clarity is, you know, many times we as women will do for someone else what we won't do for ourselves. So if we now then can see it through the lens of our children, we really will then take action to where maybe before when she thought, hey, I'm just doing this for myself to leave or whatever, they won't. And typically like something really you know, a major event in life may happen. Something really happens to where you're like, I am not doing this anymore. Like say, this is extreme, but this is an example that of the kind of sometimes extreme it takes, you know, your best friend or, or family member may be dying or passing away. And he, you're like, I got to go do that. He's like, no, we have an event. Like we, we have to do this. You can't go. And you finally feel like, are you crazy? Like, not always, you know, that there's something that's going to happen. I, I really believe that there's, there's something that happens that allows that woman to say, you know what? I need help. I may not know how to do it or what to do, but I have got to go talk to somebody, whether that is a therapist, a divorce attorney, or a friend I haven't talked to in 10 years. Like, I've got to talk to somebody because I can see that this isn't right. Mm, a major event that makes, you know, this light bulb go off, really. Yes. Mm, yeah. You're listening to Women Winning Divorce with Heather Quick, owner and attorney for Florida Women's Law Group. We're taking a quick break here, and when we return, we're going to talk about what to expect when married to a narcissist. Stay with us. Welcome back to Women Winning Divorce with Heather Quick, owner and attorney for Florida Women's Law Group. So Heather, what is it like to be married to a narcissist? What can the wife expect? So um, it's always going to be all about him all the time. They're going to make their decisions. They're really not going to listen to your input or wants. Now, they, yeah, they may make it think that they are. But um, 
really through that manipulation, they're going to really make you think that you like to do what they want to do. Um, and, you know, they're going to decide all vacations, where you're going to go the holidays, what family you are going to see or not going to see. Again, part of that isolation. Um, and it is to the extreme that it's just like you almost think that you do want to do this stuff. But what you do is want to try what you're trying to do is keep the peace. So, yeah, I'm going to do that because that's what he wants. Um, and, you know, sometimes they will totally ruin special events because, you know, they are always the center of attention. And, you know, if they don't like the way something's going, they're like, I'm not going. You know, I'm not I'm not doing that. And you're embarrassed. You don't know how to act. You know, it's they it's almost as if it's a toddler just having a tantrum. And you've just got to manage this person, but this is a grown person. And they're not going to have the tantrum out in front of other people, just with you. So you got to go clean yeah. it all. Yeah, because they don't want, they want other people to make, uh, to feel like they're perfect. Correct. Correct. So that's, you know, again, part of the, the how bad it is, like the worst behavior nobody else sees. And that's why it's so frustrating to this woman because everybody else thinks they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. And they're not. They treat you all, you know, like crap at home and manipulate you and, and awful things. But out mm. and about, everybody loves this person because they're so jovial. They're so funny. Talking all the time. They got great stories, great jokes, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you're not that great. Not that great at all. No, no. Something you mentioned about as far as isolating you, you from, you know, family and friends. Um, so basically, if that if he doesn't like that person, I'm not going to see them. Correct. And, and it's um, it'll be too hard to you're not going to you're not going to make that argument. You know, you may do it a few times, but it's not worth it. It's, it's not worth it if you were to do that. And it's probably someone who has the strength to see what they're doing. Correct. Yeah, there's somebody that probably isn't going to, you know, may be able to see that behavior. And, and it's just, again, it's somebody you don't have influence over talking to your spouse and they don't want that. Mm-hmm. Mm. What about conflicts? I mean, conflicts happen in any relationship, but what is that like? There's going to always be conflict um, because the, nar you know, the narcissist never admits fault. They will always blame you for everything. And so then you're going to get to the point, like that's part of like where you lose yourself. Like, because you're not, you're going to do everything you can to avoid conflict but they still will um they still will bring it into the house just because again that's part of the pathology it's like you know you would think okay well if everybody is you know kowtowing to him and you know really like oh you're the best you're the greatest doing everything he wants um that he'd be happy and that would be what he wants but no you just got to stir it up and keep people guessing or whatever and just they're such an egomaniac and so 
obsessed with themselves and like, no, I think I want them to, you know, feel bad about something. Like if I'm, if they're happy because I'm happy, well, I need to make them unhappy and they need to know it's their fault. Like, it doesn't make sense. I know it doesn't make sense. There's very, you know, there's a lot of things we can talk about, but like, it's not logical at all to do, to, to treat people like that or create these situations. It's not, it's not normal. It goes back to something else you said. You're walking on eggshells. Yes. And, you know, it is just very uncomfortable to be in that kind of relationship. And you just never know. Are they going to be nice today? Do they have a good day? Or do they just feel like being nice? Do they feel like being an a jerk? Um, so I have to watch my mouth. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but you just don't know. And it's no way that anybody should live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you are constantly trying to make sure that you don't get the angry person or the silent person. And that's how you start feeling crazy. Cause you're like, wait, I can't control how they feel, but yet you start to think that it's based on your behavior and it's not, which then even makes you feel more crazy because you're like, well, I thought they wanted things this way. Nope. Now they're mad at this. Now they're mad about that. Like, I don't ever know what to do. So you are just trying to appease them and please them is usually what the spouse is doing and probably the kids, but the kids are probably, you know, at a point where they're like, all right, we're going to avoid this situation. That's interesting. That's interesting. What you just said about the children, which is a shame because you shouldn't have that type of relationship with your father. No, or in any household, you, you mm. know, that, but that's the way it is. And it, I, I would say as that spouse, you're going to start to see the kids, you know, modeling that behavior, modeling your behavior in your response to, you know, your narcissistic husband or them modeling his behavior. That's one just, or the other. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens. That's, you know, we've talked about that, that you, you learn all everything from your family of origin. That's how you just learn to be a human. That's how you learn to interact. You learn from watching the people you live with. And then if it's really toxic or dysfunctional, unless you then learn to do things differently, that's your fallback. You know, if they're yellers and screamers and fighting, that's the way you learn, you know, versus not, um, you learn to treat people this way, you see that and you see that, like you model it. I mean, that's, you know, not any, I mean, I think that's just facts. <laughs> and I, I mean, yeah, that's just the is. way I say, it's just the way it is. That's life. That's how we learn. And that's how you learn everything, you know, from your family of origin. So you're in this situation. And that was kind of part of what I was saying for spouses. Like it, if you're in it, like, don't think it's not affecting everybody else. Don't think you're the only one. Because if you've got kids in that house, or even if they're grown, like it has affected them and it is affecting them. And it seems like we've talked about the fact that it's very difficult to leave any situation, no matter what's going on. But this is a reason 
to think about packing up if need be. Indeed. Yes. Mm. Hmm. Because what will happen to the children? What will happen? Yeah. And, you know, the reality is that, and that can be another fear. Well, you know, he'll tell you, well, you know, the kids are staying with me. You're not leaving. And then he'll do all this number of manipulation on them. But that fear, that's happening already. And you think you're you're protecting them or insulating them from that? You're not. I mean, they're they're in it. They they know it. The best thing you can do is show them how to be strong, get out, and get help with you know how to cope with it, and and then get them that type of support as well. Because if that's their father, they need to understand and be able to cope with that personality. Oh, Heather, I just thought back to um, to time sharing, and you have to share time. <laughs> with this person if you know you know what I mean yeah, like fine. you have to like you can't because something you mentioned before in 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 that episode of time sharing again you guys can go to the website womenwinningdivorce.com to listen you can't keep the children from the parent for either parent you, you can't if the judge says this is how it's going to work this is how it's going to work but you are sharing time with a narcissist and that's got to be a whole nother episode, let me tell you. So we'll have to dive into that for sure. But yeah, and I mean, that's why like at least learning this and doing what you can now because you married them or you had children with them. And, and you know, the it's they have rights to be with their kids, even if they are, um, you know, a narcissist and, and all that. So that's something you have to come to grips with and that's okay. You know, if you can, if you can be strong and get out of this type of relationship, you can be certainly an example to your children and get them, you know, the support that they need. But yeah. most likely, I mean, you know, my two cents on that, he'll go find another woman. I mean, it's not that he will abandon his kids, but it works better in that, you know, romantic relationship and, you know, they'll, he'll find somebody else. Mm, okay. You you did just bring up a topic for a whole nother show. That yes. that's interesting. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. All right. Okay. This is okay. So go back because I kind of got off topic there. You completely basically you just lose yourself. Totally. Because you really don't know where else to go at this point. Yes. Your focus has been so much on your spouse, who is a narcissist, that, and your feelings, like you've had no one really loving you or caring about you. So you're in a relationship, but you're not in a relationship. And you most likely have no other relationships, meaning no friendships, very limited familial relationships. Um, not to the extent where you can really open up. And so that, you know, it, it is it's sad because you're not sure. Hopefully you, you know, if you have children, you have that relationship, but um, it, you know, it may, you know, they're your children. So it's not the same. So, you know, 
you've stopped caring about yourself as well. Yeah. You feel beaten down. Yeah, indeed. Because you have been. You really have been emotionally, mentally. So you are no longer important to you. Mm-hmm. And that's the way they want you to feel. Absolutely. Yes. Because they are the most important thing. Right. Hmm. Yeah, you know, we, we, this really goes back to, you need help to get out of this. You need that uh, mental health professional to help pull you out of this because this is deep. Oh, it is. And, and, and most women will be quite depressed. Um, and, you know, clinically so, and, and with sometimes, you know, it's medication and therapy, it, it's not forever, you know, but you're in a situation that you cannot heal when you remain there. Like you're, you've got to get help, um, that mental health and, and get the distance and get some peace. And that provides a place for you to heal. And most women, um, you know, as once they're out of that situation, they can really see it for what it is. Cause when you're in it, we've talked about this before, when you're in it, you're in it. It's very hard to see it. So easy for those of us who are outside a situation in any situation to see, cause we are more objective and it's like, wow, you know, just like with any, anybody like, oh, I can see that problem a mile away, but if it's my own problem, oh, I didn't see that, you know, cause you got blinders on and you're living it. And therefore, once you get removed, the peace, so many women will tell us that now there's just peace in their home because they didn't have that before. Peace really is priceless. It is. And, you know, they, because when you are in a relationship with a narcissist, you're, you're married to one, but you're lonely. And when you're alone, you're not lonely. It's different. You know, you can just be like, oh, I can be alone, but yet I don't feel lonely. Because when you live in the house with somebody who ignores you and treats you this way, it's so lonely. So lonely. You're listening to Women Winning Divorce with Heather Quick owner and attorney for Florida Women's Law Group. We're taking a break here, and when we return, we're talking about the double standard of a narcissist. Stay with us. Welcome back to Women Winning Divorce with Heather Quick, owner and attorney for Florida Women's Law Group. Double standards of a narcissist. Oh, I can only imagine there's a lot of these, right? Oh, you know it. You know there are because, you know, rule, there, rules, what rules? That's the way the narcissist looks at it. So it's going to, you can only imagine. And then, of course, their, their wife, well, they got a lot of rules. So clearly, just a double standard, you know, all the way around on every issue. Now, this goes back to financial abuse, okay? When it comes to money, what's the double standard there? So I would say the best example is you're going to have to ask for permission to buy something or spend money, you know, do things without their consent, which I can see you do not approve of, but they're going to buy whatever they want and they're not going to let you know or whatever, come home with a brand new car and you're like, I'm driving a 19, you know, 
90 something Chevy and you just you know came home in a brand new Mercedes like but that's the way it goes uh, you know that's that's just the way it is well that's a better car for you and the kids and you know I've got take people out to work and of course you know I want to take you out in this nice car but it's not about you now they might go buy they could go buy you a nice car but then they would take it away. Maybe, you know, if you don't do what they like, then I'm going to drive it, you know, and just again, all areas of control, like maybe that, oh, I'm going to flatter you. So here, I'm going to bring home this new car. But then like the next week, it's like, oh, no, no, I had to sell it. You spent too much, you know, at the store today or something like that. Mm -mm. Is that sick? Is that crazy? I know. I know you're shaking your head, girl, but I'm telling you, it's the truth. Uh, uh, Heather, uh, uh, no, <laughs> no, ma'am, no, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. Please tell me that does not happen. It does. It does. So much happens. But it is. And again, money, as we've discussed in those other episodes, that is one of the, I, I hate to say easiest, but it's an easy way to control, you know, because money is just something, boom. You know, it takes a lot of effort and you know, um, pathology to be in, do mind control on somebody, which they do. And we've talked about that and exert this mental and emotional control over somebody. I mean, you've got to be pretty dysfunctional to, and, and really put that energy in on that. But the finances is one of the easier ways to do that early on. Hmm. That's interesting. Never thought about that, but yeah. Huh. Okay. Another thing, we talked about this mind control. The simplest thing, you left all the lights on in the house. But they could kind of project and say that you're cheating, but they're actually cheating. Oh, yeah, all the time. They are the most jealous um, individuals. And they're going to, anytime you do anything, accusing you of cheating stepping out on the marriage who did you flirt with who did you talk to and when in fact they're the ones who probably are more likely to be cheating certainly than you but yeah they're you know they they want you to behave a certain way and be sociable and dress a certain way but then they're gonna then say why did you do that you know you're dressed like a floozy or whatever when they wanted you to wear that so then that again is that whole mind control it's like bought me this dress you told me it looked great you wanted me to wear it out now i'm just talking to somebody and all of a sudden you know i'm the slut so mm -hmm. that's exactly i was just about to say that they possibly bought the dress oh i have a surprise for you and is don't you love this dress oh i love it you wear it you were flirting with him weren't you that's the only reason you wore that dress that's crazy exactly and so and that those kinds of things happen all the time. Mm -mm. No, Heather. I And I'm shaking my head no, and I'm saying no. I believe you, but I don't want to believe you. Well, I know because you just, I know you're thinking, one, how does one human being really treat another like this they supposedly love? And then you're thinking, how are these women, how do they find themselves in this situation? and put up with it but we've talked about that as to how they get there and then that's what makes it so sad to so see you can imagine julie they're not going to be friends with you anymore he is going to make sure that she is not hanging out with julie because julie can say uh-uh 
no girl, this is not right. You have got to leave. So mm -hmm. that's why he don't want them. You know, he doesn't want his wife hanging out with friends like you. Yep. I'm going to say you need to listen to this podcast that I heard about. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And they're also more likely to call you selfish, to call you the things that they really are. Exactly. Selfish, manipulative, drama queen. You're crazy. You're dramatic. Everything. You're overreacting to everything. And you start to wonder, am I? Am I overreacting? Like, I think he's the one who's overreacting. But eventually, you're not even going to question what he says because he's gotten you so, like, we just you've just lost that sense that was is within you and your gut and your instincts to be like there i am not the one who is creating these scenarios i'm not in the wrong and it just takes a while to get there it's like you you may start there and then you just stop even you know trying to question him or argue about it until you can finally be like all right i got to do something Maybe, hopefully, maybe they're listening to this podcast and then they know they're not alone because how else would we know all this? How else would we know this? So many women are in these kinds of relationships. Yeah. Um, it, it's true. I mean, my mom, that was one of her husbands, was this person exactly. I know exactly the way they, you know, they work and they manipulate. Yeah, that that's also important to to continue to note. You are not alone in this. Yeah, you are not alone. Yeah. So, does the narcissist pull their weight at home? No, very rarely not, unless it would be something that would give them attention. But usually, no. Like you're in charge of the kids. You're in charge of keeping things clean, you know, and you know cooking or whatever now maybe everybody comes over and then he's like ah oh, you know the grill like kind of they're now getting attention and everybody's saying how great they are but usually that would be a no on the day-to-day -day. um they're going to give you little credit they're going to criticize everything that you do is wrong and you know you can't cook you're so filthy why isn't this house clean but yet they're not going to do anything Again, all about control and belittling you, making them feel better and more important. You can't cook, but you just followed a recipe from Martha Stewart. The, the house is filthy, but you actually just cleaned it. Right. But again, he has these totally unrealistic standards, these things that just don't and no one can really meet and it's always changing. So see, that's the thing that you're like, you never know. You never know what, what should I be doing today? Yeah. And that, that's, that's really, that's another point. Constantly changing. You don't know where the goalpost is. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Wow. So if I have any weaknesses, which I mean, I'm human, so obviously I do, they're going to use that against me. Yep. And, you know, things that you've told them, like this would be something that, you know, say you had a disagreement with your parents or sisters, maybe even when they met you and something 
and you shared that at one point, they're going to bring that back. And remember, you know how they treated you. You can't trust them. They did this to you. They did that to you. Um, you know, or you were in a bad relationship and you've shared with them. See, you're, you're such a loser. Like you dated that guy and you know, you couldn't even do anything right there. You can't do anything right here. So anything. And then the things that, you know, if you have shared with them, certainly anything you're really vulnerable, vulnerable about, oh, they will expose that and really make you feel even worse about it. Mm. And that's also, you mentioned, um, you know, if you possibly, if you mentioned an argument that you had with your sister, your mother, whoever, that's also a way to isolate you even more if they bring that up again. Absolutely. And they'll, they will bring it up with you, but like if they feel like it suits their purposes in front of your family and, and as a way of defending you, but really driving more of a rift because now you can imagine your family don't want to be around him and you're siding with him. And now he's kind of making it seem that he's saving you from the way they've treated you very easily. And particularly in families, because we all have our feelings and, you know, your family. I think you see that where um, they don't want to make it worse for you either. And if you're distancing yourself um you know, there's only so much they, and not in every one, but in the majority, you're certainly not going to be as close. And that is certainly by design. He doesn't, the narcissist does not want you to know you've got a place. You, there, you've got people who have your back. You have somewhere to go. Because I think, you know, that is... Because I've met, you know, I've certainly over the many, many years of all the things I've done and throughout the law, like there are some people and they feel like they have nowhere to go or they wouldn't know what to do. And that he does that intentionally is what, you know, because if you do have family and close ties, he's really going to work really hard. You're not going to notice it. You're not going to see it for what it is until later. But to really try to create um, just that space and that feeling where you don't have anybody. He really wants you to feel alone and that you don't have a place to go. So you got to stay here with him. What a rough place to be, I tell you. And they're, they're not going to go to marriage counseling, probably. No. Now, they might because there's so much wrong with you that, you know, okay, if you'll go get help, maybe most of the time they're like, you're the one who needs help. So you go get help. Um, or they'll do it from a manipulative. Oh, sure. I'll go, but they're not going to really engage. And generally they want to fire the therapist by session three. Um, because they're going to get called. I mean, any therapist worth, like they're not going to be fooled. They're going to get, they're going to recognize that. They're going to tell them things they don't want to hear. And they're like, I'm not going back. And they may say, well, we can go to another one. Let's go to another one. And maybe because again, they're manipulating the situation, stringing you along again, controlling it, making you, you know, continue to jump through these various hoops. Hmm. Ah, this is exhausting. 
Yes. And we're just talking about it. I mean, we're right. talking about it in depth. But can you imagine living it? How exhausting that would be. And overwhelming. And I think overwhelming doesn't even begin to cover the the way that women feel. It's just they're they're exhausted, they're overwhelmed to the extent that even the the energy, you know, the mental energy that it's going to take to imagine leaving is is a lot. Hmm. So we've talked about all of this. I got to ask, and I, I have a feeling I know the answer to this. Will they ever change? It is very unlikely. It is very unlikely. And that is, again, from the psychologist. Um, it's really, it, they're to the degree, you know, depends how, how, you know, far on the range they are, but most likely not because they truly just, they have a distorted view of reality and they are not wrong. And it would I can't even imagine what it would take to make them think that they just live in their own, own world, totally different reality that, and then that reality does not include that they have fault. So, um, when you don't think anything's wrong, then why would you change? Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you think everything is perfect, there's no reason to change. If you're not perfect, yeah. then he's like, all right, I'm done with you. Let's go on. You're the one that needs change, but not me. It's not me. You know? Yeah. That whole thing, you know, it's you, you know, it, it's, it's. It's me, not you or whatever, but either way, it's not, they will not take responsibility for their behavior or see a need to change it in any way. Mm. Heather, anything else you want to add on this topic? Really the, the same thing I say at the end of every show, but you know, this one so much so is just to let women know you're not alone and we do understand. We really understand this situation. And if you are looking for, you know, a way out or to understand what your options would be, you can certainly um, call our, our office, Florida Women's Law Group, reach out to us. And we can always connect you too, you know, with therapists um, and, and many resources to begin the process to, to heal yourself and remove yourself from this situation. Yeah, because I like the way you, you've talked about it before. This really is a layered process. It's not only about, hey, okay, so going in, getting the divorce, but you have someone there that can really help in different ways. Yes. Yeah. Well, Heather, we've come to the end. It was good to see you again. Wonderful to see you again, Julie. Thank you so much. I, I'm certain this will be very helpful to so many women. Absolutely. I'll see you next week. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Women Winning Divorce. We hope you found information to help you navigate your divorce. If you like our show, please take the time to subscribe and provide a five-star review. If you need more information, please visit our website at womenwinningdivorce.com, where you will find previous episodes and other helpful content. Join us next week as we continue our journey of Women Winning Divorce. 
From ASE certified expert technicians to new smart services that keep you connected, Pep Boys Auto Service and Tire Centers keep your ride humming. Open seven days a week. Pep Boys, we go further to help you go farther.